Welcome to another edition of Out of the Box Sunday School. I'm your host, Takia Evans. Thanks for taking the time to listen in today. Our lesson is entitled Abiding Love. The Bible background is from John chapter 15, verses 4 through 17, as well as our printed text. Most of us are highly connected to others. We check our phones constantly for new text messages, new posts, and new updates. We have news outlets that we check daily not satisfied to wait for the evening news or the morning newspaper. Even though family or friends live far away, their faces come to us instantly in video calls. We live online in many ways, but these connections can be fragile or even unreal. Consider how easily an online connection can be served or made with just one click of a button. Though we are wired for relationships, we may find that some relationships are not always what we think and definitely not what we need. We try to love, but we feel beaten down by the world's greed and jealousy. How can we love one another in the face of the world's selfishness? Jesus declares that we will be able to love one another if we keep the commandments and abide in his love. John chapter 15 is at the center of the farewell Discourse, a series of speeches and a prayer given by Jesus during the Last Supper. Jesus builds his case for mutual love by using common observations from the vineyard. The vineyard was a staple of agriculture in the ancient world. And as we begin today's lesson, Jesus teaches his disciples about the relationships they must have with the Father, with him, and with one another. Unless they abide in the Father and in him, the disciples would not be able to bear fruit or love one another, which would show the world they belong to him. As Jesus and the disciples get up from the table to walk to the garden of Gethsemane, he continues to speak words of encouragement. He instructs his disciples about the needed connection between him and the father and Jesus and his disciples. As we abide in Jesus, we can bear fruit and love others as he commands us. So as we start our lesson with chapter 15, verses 4 through 8, I'll be reading from there. Stay joined to me and I will stay joined to you, just as a branch cannot produce fruit unless it stays joined to the vine. You cannot produce fruit unless you stay joined to me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay joined to me and I stay joined to you, then you will produce lots of fruit, but you cannot do anything without me. If you don't stay joined to me, you will be thrown away. You will be like dry branches that are gathered up and burned in a fire. Stay joined to me and let my teachings become part of you. Then you can pray for whatever you want and your prayer will be answered. When you become fruitful disciples of mine, my father will be honored. In our first verse, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Now that the disciples have been cleansed by Jesus's word, he's urging them by saying abiding in abide in me. The term translated abide means to remain, to dwell, or even to continue. 
So what did Jesus mean when he said, abide in me? Well, he means that believers are to stay in fellowship with him so that his life can work in through us to produce fruit. Abiding in Christ means knowing how know, uh, knowing him as savior, but it also implies steadfastness. We abide in Christ as we trust him for strength to obey his will. Jesus points over and over to the reality of nourishment from the true vine, which also produces true branches, which in turn produce true fruit. We should understand that the vine is the main above ground stalk of the plant. The vine is the source of water, nutrients that come from the roots to nourish the branches and the fruit. The branches need to stay connected to the vine if they are to live. In that same way, disciples will be intimately connected to Jesus for life-giving spiritual nourishment and leadership. If the relationship is strong, the natural result will be the reproduction or the production of fruit. The context in verse 6 informs us that a branch becomes fruitless only when it is no longer connected to the vine. Branches that abide continue to receive nourishment and effortlessly produce fruit because this is their sole purpose and design. We have to understand that not all branches come out of the vine are productive or even they or even survive. Some branches are visibly damaged in various ways or even dead. Others simply have no fruit um, into their season, into their growing season, thus becoming like parasites that suck life-giving water and nutrients from the vine and its roots. Such branches are removed from the vine to allow the remaining branches more room to flourish. And then we come to verse seven, where Jesus began a more direct description of what it means to remain in him, tying it to having his words remain in a person. This means to have our ways of thinking and ways of acting guided by the teaching of Jesus. To live in Christ is to live with his commands and teaching and teachings as our chief influencer. And understanding this helps us know what Jesus meant when he promised that we can ask whatever we wish and expect it will be done, which is a reference to prayer. Now, this is not some sort of magical formula. For example, praying for to find a, um, a chest of private treasure so that we can be rich and do whatever we want to. Um, that's not within the scope of God's promise or Jesus's promise. Even asking for good things may go against God's will and thus not be given. So in all cases, such asking and promised answering is only for those who are deep in the mindset of Jesus. If you are abiding as he asks, we will not ask for something that is clearly contrary to the will of our Lord. Jesus summed up, Jesus summed up verse eight in three ways. First, obedience brings glory to the father. Faithful, glorious actions bring God glory. We have to remember that. Second, faithful remaining will bear much fruit or faithful abiding will bear much fruit. This might be evidence of a godly life, what Paul describes as the fruit of the spirit. It, also, it is also the reproduction of one's life and the creation of new disciples. 
Now, this leads to the third item in Jesus' summary. Bearing fruit is the core of being a disciple of Christ. So the word disciple, though not a churchy word, is similar to the uh, English word student. Jesus is the teacher from whom we learn. He is the teacher we never outgrow. We are Jesus' disciples for life. And now we come down to John chapter 15, and I'll be reading verses 9 through 11. I have loved you just as my father has loved me. So remain faithful to, for, to, to my love for you. If you obey me, I will keep loving you just as my father keeps loving me because I have obeyed him. I told you this to make you as completely happy as I am. Now, Jesus moved beyond the vine analogy to speak more directly about the relationship between his disciples and himself and among the disciples themselves. The one who abides in Christ also enjoys and demonstrates his love. Jesus' love for his followers was a perfect expression of God's love for him. The love of the father and the son has no starting point or no starting date. This relationship of love for the son of the father is eternal. It is therefore an unchanging quality that we can actually depend on. God's love never changes and never fails. All these things that describe the father's incredible love for Jesus describe Jesus's incredible love for his disciples. Yet experiencing that love fully requires believers to remain in Jesus's love. Jesus pushed the connection between command keeping and love remaining beyond his relationship with his disciples to the ultimate paradigm, his relationship with his father. Jesus asked them to consider that he always that he always kept his father's command and never departed from his deep abiding relationship with the father. We should remember that in our relationship with God, there is not a an advancement from command keeping to being loved. We are not loved because we are obedient. We are loved because we are God's creatures. We cannot earn God's love. Jesus had just thought or just taught his disciples about bearing spiritual fruit and abiding in his love through obedience. Loving God brings joy, a full lifetime of joy. When we do all that Jesus commands, especially love others, our reward both on earth and in heaven is his great joy, a, a gift truly beyond compare and priceless above all precious things. So now we come to our final section of verses 12 through 17. Now I tell you to love each other as I have loved you. The greatest way to show love for friends is to die for them. And you are my friends if you obey me. Servants don't know what their master is doing. And so I don't speak to you as my servants. I speak to you as my friends. And I have told you everything my father has told me. You did not choose me. I chose you and set you out to produce fruit, the kind of fruit that will last. Then my father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. So I command you to love each other. Abiding in Christ produces love, not only for God, but also for one another. Jesus commanded, which is not an option, that ye love one another as I have loved you. 
In commanding his disciples to love one another, Jesus was reiterating what he had said earlier that evening at the Last Supper. The Savior had loved them freely, sacrificely, and unconditionally. Their love for each other was to be like his love for them. Their mutual love for each other was to be their distinguishing mark as Jesus' disciple. Although the way Jesus loves us is the standard we should use when showing love to others, we will never be able to love perfectly in his life, in, in this life like he does. However, we, as we abide in Jesus, we will grow in love for everyone, both believers and unbelievers. Jesus made it very clear that his love was sacrificial. Because love caused him to lay down his life for his friends, true love or agape love is self-sacrificing at every level. The ultimate sacrifice is to sacrifice life itself for the one that's loved. After the salvation Christ would provide, the disciples would be members of God's family, beloved by him. But Jesus went even further than dying for his friends because in reality, he died for his enemies too. Again, Jesus circled back to the expression of our love for him, keeping his command. When we accept that the Father has great love for us, we will love in him, we will love him in return. We will express our love for him by obedience, not rebellion or apathy. As this love and obey pattern gains strength in our lives, we will find joy that comes from God. This puts us in a new category. We are Jesus's friends, motivated out of love to what God requires of us. So in Christ, we are much more than servants. We are sons and daughters. Here in verse 14 and 15, we are called friends for whom he, he would lay down his life. This, sparks, this speaks volumes to us about all that Christ means as friends and brother. But it also speaks eloquently of his perfect love. He who offers so much to those who once were enemies. In fact, Christ laid down his life while we were still enemies. When Jesus told us to love our enemies, he spoke about personal, he spoke from a personal experience. The vine branch relationship is one of friendship, not servitude. Jesus called the disciples friends. Because of the revelation he disclosed to them, he made them close to Jesus. It wasn't the Father's will that everything that could be known should be known, but everything that God wanted to be known was communicated through Christ. And Jesus also re revealed that his relationship with his disciples was all part of his plan. Christ remains his, reminds his disciples, who are his friends, that he chose them and he was giving and he has given them a task. When we abide in Christ, we receive his nourishment. We are fruitful. We, we fulfill our purpose as branches. We please God. We feed and nourish others. We produce seeds of planting and we become eligible for pruning or cleansing so that we will, be, we will become even more productive. Jesus ended this passage of scripture by stating the great command, love one another. Jesus knew that nothing would destroy 
the disciples' ministry more quickly than division among themselves. And this holds true today. Only when we properly related to the true vine can we freely bear fruit that honors God. Christ-like love demonstrated by his people is real evidence that they are abiding in him and obeying his will. As devoted followers of Christ, let us obey his commands to show love for one another. In today's society, many Christians believe that obeying God begins and ends with going to church once a week. While God commands us to meet with the body, he expects us to continue to walk in his light daily. A part of that walk should include spreading the gospel so that non-believers may be saved and weak Christians may be strengthened. We must be actively sharing, reaching out, and building godly relationships that glorify our Father and bear fruit for God's kingdom. People today depend on all kinds of resources for their power and strength. Some say that strength comes from human perseverance. Others say it is education and mental stimulation. Still others say it comes from social action groups. These are worthy endeavors and have their place in our lives. However, the love of Christ enacted through our lives will always prove to be the most productive change agent and strengthening power we can have. When these endeavors of seeking education, social action, and perseverance are interacted with love, Christ is glorified in all we do. Remaining, obeying, and loving, these are the central elements of discipleship. The love of Jesus exemplifies all of these. He remains with the Father in a relationship so intimate that is beyond our own understanding. He always obeys the Father, and his great love for the Father overflows to his disciples. Jesus reminded his disciples that his commandment was that you love one another as I have loved you. If we are to be his disciples and abide in his love, we must love one another. True friendship with Jesus is not based on keeping a set of rules, going to church every day, or even serving on boards and committees. Jesus says the test of real friendship is that we do whatever so whatsoever he has commanded us, which is to love one another as he has loved us. There is no expiration date on this directive. It overrides all things that confront us in the Christian life. Jesus' disciples will have disagreements. Conflicts will be evident, but there is never an excuse for not loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. This is Takia Evans. Be blessed, take care of one another, and thanks for tuning in to Out of the Box Sunday School, and I'll talk to you next week.